0: This is BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this
1: episode of BiblioVile, Nick read Rogue by Gina D'Amico and I read Some Racist Garbage by Gary Ellen Martin.
0: Welcome to BiblioVile, the Terrible Book Exchange Podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And
1: I'm Susan Dickinson. And
0: we are back once again with two terrible books for your listening enjoyment. Uh, We are here in our office of sorts just on a Sunday night right after I got done grading because, Susan, uh, although I tell my students don't put off until the last second on Sunday nights to do your homework, it's exactly what I and everybody else in the world does
1: It stresses me out because I am not that person. I don't do that. I like to have stuff done multiple days before the deadline.
0: Well, like, if it's a big thing, if I need to plan lessons or if I have a project to make or worksheets to do, I will usually get that done ahead of time. But, like, grading, I don't want to do it, and so I wait until Sunday. Also, it's not the deadline. There is no deadline. I get to make up the deadline.
1: That's right. You're the boss.
0: Well, let's not say that. (laughs) What are some other things that you were told not to do as a kid and then you realized every adult does anyway?
1: Um, s- go, Like swimming in the pool within an hour of eating. That's not really a real thing.
0: That's boring. It's just a real thing. You get cramps. I
1: don't think you that's a real drown, thing.
0: You will it's it just stinks to do. Plus, it's just Also, gross.
1: eating sweets whenever I want to.
0: Yeah. You had a very... We did not record this on Sundays. You had a very... uh. uh Just straightforward sort of childhood, huh?
1: Have you met my mom? I guess. The most quintessential childhood you can imagine. It was great.
0: Sounds fantastic. (laughs) Speaking of quintessential childhood, I'm here to tell you about a group of teenagers that are Grim Reapers. Uh, yeah,
1: how how was this whole situation for you? Uh, based on your facial expressions while you were reading the book, it seems like it was not great.
0: This one has been a long time coming from you, if I remember correctly. Right? I have
1: tried getting this book for you several times, but every time I say, hey, this is your book for next episode, it has been checked out at the library. Mm. Um, we're coming in. Real close to the deadline, by the way, because I'm pretty sure this book is going to disappear in like an hour.
0: Yeah, and I wish it would. Um, (laughs) The fact that apparently in the past I just refused to check it out and then it stopped uh, being available. It seemed like that was a pretty good plan. I should have stuck to it and then I wouldn't have had to read it.
1: I wondered if maybe this one would wind up being pretty good because other people are checking it out. Like it's been checked out before. There's been a wait list for it. I wondered if that meant that it was actually a pretty good one.
0: Uh, no, um, it's not. It's bad. I'm usually, I'd like to think, relatively okay with words and expressing my feelings. And I've had some time to stew on this over several hours since, like I said, I put off until the last second to get things done. Um, And it's just, it's just bad. Yeah. And I don't especially know why. It just sucks. It was one of my hardest reads in a while.
1: That's almost impressive what kind of bad was it was it like the know. writing is bad the content material is like gross and unpleasant no.
0: i mean it was it was a bunch of teenagers being grim reapers and they're like we're evil but we have to save the world which is just stupid it was just dumb yeah. and it had some of the worst pacing and the worst consistency i have seen in a while but i'll get to that uh in standard biblio-vile, uh, operating procedure sop uh you got me the last book in the series of
1: course i did that's how this works
0: and so i was over 20 percent, and i just took a note that said 20 percent. i have no idea what is going on <laughs> i could not have told you any of the plot at um, least
1: that first 20 percent went pretty quickly right
0: i i suppose technically it, it was not a lot of page turns it was a short book turn wise long book reading wise um I knew who the love interest was right away, though. Any guesses as to how I knew who the love interest was without the narration explicitly telling me he was the love interest?
1: Oh, it's a male love interest. If it was a female love interest, I was going to say because she was clumsy. But if it's a male love interest... No,
0: the the uh, female main character is clumsy, though.
1: Okay. Um, He had interesting color eyes.
0: <gasps> he did indeed. He had heterochromia, two different colored eyes. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to be Was the... one
1: of the colors violet?
0: I believe it was brown and blue.
1: Ah, I got it.
0: Um, But it begins in media res with them running away from people for doing a thing, and the boyfriend's dead, and he's a ghost, and it's because they're Grim Reapers, and so one of them is halfway dead, and he's kind of a ghost, the boyfriend, that is. The end. And so I got uh, 5% of the way through and still had no idea what was going on, and I got to read this. This is a whole page that I had highlighted.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. I love that.
0: The last thing Lex, our main character, wanted to do was rehash this, but if she didn't, Dora would yell even louder, and no one wanted that. Zara let me out. Why? So that she could force me into doing a shift with her. Sophie helped. (laughs) That lying little sneak, Pandora growled. Never did trust her. Too many hair colors. She made a loud spitting noise. So a shift, eh? And the target was... Driggs. Why? So she could threaten to capital D, damn him, <laughs> if I didn't give her the capital W, wrong, capital B, book. The wrong book. But you didn't give it to her, judging by the presence of Sir Snottington over there. Groton bristled, and Lex nodded. Right. And instead of capital D, damning Driggs, she ghosted him. Well, no. Before I could do anything she'd planned, I sort of, what, Um, strangled her. Pandora turned around in her seat, making the car swerve sharply to the right. Uh, Zara's dead. Lex's knuckles were white against the door handle. Yeah, but she was capital C culling Driggs's soul at the time. So, so he was ghosted.
1: What does any of that mean?
0: I don't, I don't really know. Uh, there's. Who
1: are any of those people?
0: Well, they, they're people. Uh, Zara died. She got strangled. Driggs is the boyfriend with the heterochromia. Okay. Um, then there's Lex. Which one's the
1: clumsy one?
0: Lex, our main character. Okay. Dora is Pandora, Uh, who is the crazy kooky old lady of the book. Um, Like
1: actually old lady or just, I thought they were all teenagers.
0: No, there's old ladies. The teenagers are the juniors, capital Ah, J, juniors. The junior
1: Grim Reapers? As
0: opposed to the seniors, capital S, seniors. What
1: distinguishes a junior Grim Reaper from a senior Grim Reaper?
0: Anyway, there's uh, human Grim Reapers uh, who are in charge of doing, you know, death and stuff. But and they're, it's,
1: like, still alive? Yeah,
0: and it's only part of the way through this book when they're like, what if he was not just the biggest Grim Reaper, but the first Grim Reaper? And you're like, yeah, people died for a very long time with that. And so there, there's, like, a guy who invented being a Grim Reaper, and so now... They have to be Grim Reapers because people don't just die without them. I guess I don't know. Except they do die, but then somebody has to come and take their soul, anyway.
1: Like that movie Soul Taker.
0: Soul Taker, yes. Um, and so the what I picked up was the capital D damning. I still don't know what capital C calling is, but capital. <laughs> cap- capital D damning is to place only some, uh, uh, gr- Grims, which they call themselves have it, which is to place your hand on a person. And then they burst into flame and settle into ashes and their soul is sent into eternal hellfire. And she does this to dozens of people before the book. And it's just like, Oh, you jerk. You shouldn't have done that. That was a bad teenager rebellion kind of thing to do. It's like, Hey, people's souls are burning in hell right now. And that's, the finger wagging you have for that? This isn't like, she vandalized a mailbox or stole. Yeah. She, she, she sent someone to eternal damnation yeah. for little to no reason.
1: Lots of them, maybe. But they
0: were criminals, Susan.
1: Ah, yes. Did they have a trial? where they found guilty? No.
0: No. Um, and th- this book- Definitely a good thing to leave
1: things up to the judgment of teens.
0: Yeah. This book takes place or starts in a town called Croak. There is also another town called Demise, D-E, capital M-Y-S-E. Ew. Uh, There was a guy named Rico, and Rico was spelled with a Q, -Q R-I-Q-O. Not to mention that the uh, boyfriend is named Driggs, which is not a name. Uh, Her mentor character is named Uncle Mort, as in uh, the French word for death. Or mortician. Mm. I mean, it might be Latin, I guess. Um, then there was another guy whose name I've already forgotten, but is really stupid. It starts with an F, and it's not worth it Frank. for me to find. No, Frank's an actual name. Yeah, whatever. His name's stupid. Um, she has a sister that's named Cordy who is her twin sister, Cordy, Cordy, who is her twin sister that has already died. Uh, but she gets to visit her in the afterlife several times throughout the book and talk to her because the afterlife is a place and the afterlife is a place where people are still talking to each other and mean to each other. Edgar, it's supposed to be very funny. Edgar Allan Poe is there and he's just like relentlessly bullied. And so it's like, like,
1: everyone's just dunking on Poe.
0: Yeah. And so it's like, that's eternity. Is for this guy to just be bullied for the rest. of It's high school for the rest of his life. That really for the sucks. Not even the rest of his life. For the rest of literally ever. Uh, and then Cordy is there and she's dating King Tut.
1: People are dating yeah, in she, the afterlife? Yeah,
0: she's dating because the afterlife is just more of what. Teen, yeah, it's just high school. What More of what teenagers already know, I guess. And so she's dating King Tut. And King Tut died at 12 years old. He was a boy king or maybe 16, 17 years old around there. And he was—he would uh, he had a uh, malformed leg. He was massively uh, inbred, mm-hmm. and he died of a genetic illness because of all the inbreeding.
1: Let me guess. He's really hot. He's
0: really this. hot, and he's packing some heat, and he's like this dumb, yummy, dummy kind of thing. How
1: old is he, though?
0: I don't know. It was never really said. He has a pet camel because camels are also in the afterlife.
1: Cool. What did the camel do to wind up getting sent to hell?
0: Oh, well, he's not in hell. He's he's in the heaven version of the afterlife, which I suppose is like Ugh. the neutral version of that the afterlife. That makes it
1: even worse that it's like high school. Yeah.
0: Um. And in heaven, uh, are often the sister makes some <laughs> risque jokes about banging King Tut. Uh, but it's all like this was really inconsistent in many ways. But one of the inconsistencies was several times the word "fuck" is uh cut out. So it's like, oh, someone's about to say, oh, holy foot. And then something happens. Yeah. And then other times someone just is like straight up. I have no fucking idea. What's yeah, so in there. are
1: we censoring the curses or not?
0: I don't know. But in heaven, Cordy wants to bang uh, King Tut, but feels uh, like, you know, they're they're not ready for it yet or something like the, It's like a taboo. It's like you can't have sex in heaven.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer. So there's just
0: teenage boners and dry humping?
1: I'm really curious as to how this whole thing works, though. If he died at age 12, so he's apparently not still the age that he was when he died, but has not been aging consistently since he died. you don't
0: get it. Uh, The author just doesn't really know anything about King Tut. Or
1: about how this book works, maybe.
0: I guess. Um, There's also a person named Clue, K-L-O-O.
1: Oh, that sucks. Uh,
0: A woman named Bang who cannot speak, so she signs all of her her dialogue. Uh, This does get a, a classic teen lit standby that it refers to someone's eyes as orbs.
1: Oh, love that. Gotta have the orbs.
0: Um. So the point of this book is basically that the afterlife was its own thing, and then this really bad guy, Groton, who invented being a Grim Reaper because he made a—he invents a knife so sharp that he Philip Pullman's his way into the afterlife and invents uh getting souls to heaven or whatever, which I didn't think that that was kind of the oversight that uh, uh God would have left over that a a human being could sort of just insert themselves into the endeavor. Uh, But now that the humans are there, they fucked up the afterlife so much, it's kind of like the afterlife has become addicted to human, and it has stopped producing the uh, uh, neurotransmitters necessary to conduct its business anyway, and so now humans are necessary to the system to keep working. So what the Grim Reapers need to do is to basically destroy everything on Earth related to the afterlife, and it'll go back to... Uh regular
1: sounds like something that should definitely be entrusted to a bunch of teens
0: yeah okay said driggs so how do we stop the damage every time you do something that's not natural like uh if you crash capital c crash which is just teleporting just call it teleporting uh then it hurts the afterlife even more and so he says we permanently seal off the afterlife from the rest of the world lex all but stopped breathing What does that mean all but, all stopped, but re- stopped
1: breathing. Yet yeah, that doesn't—that's nothing.
0: What she shouted. What she shouted. What? How? Uncle Mort paused, then sighed. By destroying the portals.
1: So this is very uh his dark materials. I how they guess. had to—they had to close. Stop all knifing. All of the, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, the guy's name—who's stupid with an F? His name is Furbus.
1: Furbus. Yeah. That's a terrible name.
0: Yeah. Um, so he the point of this book is that they're going to go to the it takes fucking forever. It takes halfway to get there and then halfway to get up to the top that they're going to go to the necropolis, the the main city of the dead. Okay. And so if you need to have a main city of the dead that handles worldwide dead people, where would you put it?
1: What's well, going to be in hell, right?
0: No, it's on Earth. These oh. are human beings.
1: Oh, okay. So the main city of the dead, it's got to be somewhere in the south. Probably New Orleans? No,
0: it's got to be centrally located for the world's dead people.
1: Oh, in the middle of an ocean somewhere.
0: Nope. Kansas, the geographic center of America. Because the geographic center of America is obviously the center of everything. Of
1: everything, yeah. The whole world. Death
0: is an American uh, invention, apparently. Only <laughs> American people die. Um, one of the ways that this is incredibly inconsistent is that if they are outnumbered, they will do very well. And if they are evenly numbered, they're terrible at their jobs. And so at one point, they're in a bunker being surrounded by the bad guys. And they're like, oh, we're outnumbered. we got to make a run for it. And they make a run for it. And they're like fists and punching and good mm-hmm. stuff. And then they are—they uh, break into, like, a dormitory full of other juniors who have been instructed to catch them or whatever. And these, like, juniors who were not prepared for them to break in, and these guys know that they're breaking into a dormitory and all that sort of stuff. But the, the our main characters are quickly overpowered because we need to knock them out for the plot to make sense. Mm-hmm. And then they're uh, trying to break into a room with lots of armed guards pointing their guns at the door, and they're able to do this. Uh, but at long last, Uncle Mort's capital A amnesia blow dart came in handy. He slipped it out of his pocket, brought it to his mouth, and sprayed Norwood's men with about a dozen darts, turning his head like an oscillating fan and hitting every one of them in the neck. Ooh-hoo, what? Where was he keeping the other darts?
1: Yeah. How, how did he, have he get there 12, that fast?
0: How did he get? How did he have twelve darts in his mouth? Yeah. A blow dart gun, which you didn't put gun or tube or something like that. Holds one dart.
1: Yeah, was he like very quickly putting another dart in there?
0: It's very stupid. Um, this is also one of the least realistic portrayals of group dynamics I've ever. Ooh, I dropped my Kindle. The most, the least realistic dynamics, group dynamics I've ever seen. In that, uh, they've been convinced. The citizens of one town have been convinced that our main characters are the devil and not the literal devil. They're the bad guy, and they blew up a fountain. And then they're like no see here's this video and the entire town turns on the guy who actually did it which doesn't re- like like that like snap thing it wasn't like oh it got some of them to double think or whatever or double or they guess just themselves again turn. yeah and then they go to this town and there's this the president naturally uh who has a copy of the oval office at the top of necropolis tower or what have Mm, you.
1: Yes. In Kansas.
0: And in true hunger games fashion, the, the, the president is the real bad person, except they're not. Um, the president appears on the TVs that are all around town. Like this is fucking half-life two or something. And is like update citizens. We've got them. No, we don't. And like is giving them play by play updates, which a politician would never do. And they're always like 100% truthful. Like, oh, we thought we had them, but they escaped from us. Please keep looking out for them. Like, that wouldn't happen. No, no, it would never happen. And what's more is that she's on the TV being like, you are really bad criminals. You're trying to ruin everything, which is, like, good group dynamics. I'm pitching you as the bad guy yeah. because you're threatening the status quo and, therefore, like, everything that's set up that people have come to know, you're threatening. Great. That makes sense. Also, here's a video of the your parents I'm keeping as hostages, so you better do what I say. And it's like... Hey bud, if you got a if the president got on TV and is like, "I will not stand for Iran's aggression," I have forty five hostages at gunpoint. Yeah, Americans would not be like, "Yeah," we'd be like, "Well, I mean, some of us would be, but still, like the majority of people in this town, assumingly, would be like, "Are we the baddies?" Yeah, like, you
1: can't you can't uh, pitch the other folks as the bad guys and then be like, "By the way, we have your parents. We
0: have your clueless, non grim parents." So, there's a secret society, of course. course. Uh, And then to seal the portals, they have to. uh, A a living person has to walk all the way into some part of the afterlife that was crudely explained. And then the fucking thing blows up. It doesn't just like shut. What
1: happens to the person that walks? They
0: die. It it blows up. And. at one point they leave the big tower and the president dies because the bad, the secondary bad guy killed her in some fashion. And it's every single death in here is treated as nothing important because there's the afterlife. It's right over there. We can meet them again, which then takes away all narrative stake from anything like that
1: was like that book that I read a while ago where a whole bunch of characters died in this big war. And then immediately she just flew around afterwards and brought them all back to life super easily.
0: Kind of like that. Um, but then the president is killed, and the security arrives, finds the oh, man. Oh, yes,
1: Katniss shot the president with an arrow.
0: Very nice. The security arrives, but it was the bad guy who did it, not the good good person this time. Oh, okay. The security arrives at the top floor, and there's the uh, bad guy with a gun pointed at our good guys, and the president dead on the floor, and he's like, they did it. And so it's like, okay, I kind of can see, like, they're, it's already their authority figure. Like, they're mm-hmm. inclined to believe him already. It, it adds to the story they're telling. And then the the main character's like, no, we didn't. See? And then she has, like, a little thing that is a recording device for plot reasons. And the guards are like, oh, and just turn and open fire on the guy. Jeez, And then it would have been fine if it had been like, no, he's it's a gunshot and he's the only one in the room with a gun. Like that would have been a fine explanation. Yeah. And then they go down to the first floor and they're like, we heard you killed the president. Like all the citizens are there. Like, we heard you killed the president. We're going to tear you limb from them. Limb. And then the other person, the person who Dora, the crazy old lady is the new president stands up. and is like, I'm the new president. No, they didn't. And the crowd's like, Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: This is a very, uh, this crowd really just kind of goes with the flow here. They're willing to believe whatever.
0: I don't, I don't know what was so bad about it. Like it sucked, but it was one of the worst experiences I've had in a while reading. And I don't have anything specific to really latch onto for what did it the worst. Mm. I just hated reading it. Every single bit of it. Like, that's the point of this podcast. It's fine. It wasn't gross or anything. It had one of the very stupidest uh, uh, boning scenes I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, But it it had no pacing and it thought it was very funny and witty and clever and it was not, which sucks all the time. Uh, And it was like, you're not Joss Whedon who sucks anyway and whatever. But it just, I just didn't want to read it anymore. It was a real slog. I really had to get on my hands and knees and crawl my way through this one. So good job. Yeah, you a I guess good I picked one. a
1: good one. Yeah, no more it's teen worth lit. The wait.
0: No more teen lit for a while, please. Okay,
1: I'll take a break from um, the teen lit. At the
0: very, very end. The way she's gonna fix the the afterlife is that she has to not damn capital D damn the original Grim Reaper who's still alive as a ghost. Okay. She has to capital A annihilate him. By the way, we also got capital B bank, capital L layer, uh uh, more stuff like that. It's very stupid.
1: Love some title case. Yeah,
0: but she had to capital A annihilate the original Grimm, except when she's about to do it, he's like, no, don't. And despite knowing that this man is an evil man and knowing that the sacrifice will save the afterlife, she's like, yeah, but what about what they said about me damning random people and how it was bad? It's like, yes, it was bad. But like, this is for the greater good kind mm. of thing. And so instead, she... Capital A, annihilates herself, which means your soul does not go to the afterlife or doesn't go to the damning place, the hell place. Okay. It just ceases to exist. And this book pitches that as a worse outcome than hell.
1: That's not a worse outcome than hell.
0: It's not. And all in all, it's like... I think the metaphor is supposed to be that dying in this book is just moving somewhere else, like going to college or something Yeah. where you're just like somewhere else. And sometimes you bone hot, yummy dummies and some nerds still get bullied, but everybody else still lives in the hometown. And then being annihilated is like dying. And so it's like, hey, eternal torment is worse than not existing. You guys get that, right? Yeah. Like So there's only one form of actually dying, and you're so scared of it that you'd rather stay alive in constant, eternal pain and torture than just cease to exist? it's like we need to figure that yeah you you really need to let go of this uh selfish need to stay alive and oh boy was that a sentence i i wish i wouldn't have said but anyway it really had some stuff it needed to figure out and it needs to stop being a teenager the book and the readers and people in general
1: yeah teens teens is rough
0: teens is lit exactly so uh get off tiktok and and read a better book i guess uh, if
1: you're looking for a better book to read i do not recommend <laughs> reading george or gary l.m martin's uh whatever the hell this was journey to the year one billion
0: the uncensored version
1: the uncensored version which i have some thoughts about so despite the fact that the, this book is competently written like the sentences make
0: sense right? high praise
1: Well, there are a lot of books in BiblioVile where that is not the case. But despite that, this is one of the worst written books I've read in a long time. (laughs) It is competently written, but not well written. Some of the things that are particularly bad. This author has to repeat everything at least twice. This book could have been half the length that it was. Or even less, this could have theoretically been a short story, but the author has to repeat everything. Um, even, like, if the main plot points of the book, there are four different sort of scenarios that the main characters wind up in, and they are all incredibly repetitive. The same thing happens in each of these four main scenarios. Everything gets said twice? Um, things like the, the author at one point lists all of the important crew members and their reasons for being on the mission three times.
0: Oh no. Like even
1: the first couple pages or first couple chapters could have been way shorter. Another thing that makes this book terrible is that this author is completely obsessed with boobs. Wow. No, but like weirdly obsessed with boobs and describes them in weird ways. I don't think this author has ever had sex with a woman before. Hmm. And I will explain to you why I think that. Um, I'm just going to read some descriptions of women. She was thin but had large breasts for a woman her size. Large as in long, projection-wise, rather than wide. More like eggplants than melons. That classic teardrop shape that every man who ever loved large breasts absolutely loved
0: oh no <laughs> uh, that was very <laughs> gross and clinical but then the end yeah hey she had teddies that a teddy lover would love
1: right um there's this weird backstory about one of our characters getting sexually assaulted or sexually yeah sexually harassed by her former captain
0: solid <gasps> I just had a gasp so big, I almost choked. I forgot to tell you this. Uh, All the Grims have very tragic backstories (laughs) because they only uh, go (laughs) take kids away from tragic things. And one of the guys, the only guy who's not actually was never supposed to be a Grim, but got made a Grim because of plot reasons. Yeah. uh, Driggs, the boyfriend. Uh, His tragic, tragic backstory is so comically awful. Uh, His parents have him and then just don't like abuse him or whatever. They actively hate him. And they threatened to murder him one night, so he kills him back. And this is, like, over the course of a 10% of the book long scene where he's telling the story. I'm like, this is so comically evil that I don't even, whatever. So tragic backstories, check. Sorry, I forgot to put that back in there. Find Uh a way to make your characters interesting without tragedy. For sure, including
1: the character Suki in this book, who, again, her former captain, Mark Waters, sexually harassed her for a really long time. For Mark Waters, it made the sex all the more exciting— for Suki, it made it all the more degrading, until, to her horror, she found herself getting used to it, until one day she found herself thinking nothing of it as she passed Ensign Flaherty in the corridor, while she was totally nude, with sperm dripping from between her legs. What the fuck? We just keep mentioning breasts? The author particularly loves eggplant-shaped breasts, really, apparently. That, that
0: specific phrasing? Eggplant-shaped
1: comes up a lot. Even in, like, high-tension action moments, we have to describe the boobs, Um, there's also a lot of what the author, I think, sees as really sharp social commentary. Uh, there is...
0: Sometimes it's the one with the big titties that are the smartest, you uh,
1: know? Uh, actually, there is a direct quote. Girls with big titties have children, but girls with small titties have brains. Uh, another description of one of our characters. This is when we meet this character. Elizabeth grew modest B-cups and that was all. On an Asian body frame, they would have looked big. On a black woman, they would have looked small. And on a white female such as herself, they looked small to average sized. Certainly nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Holy shit. We're getting phrenology
1: in this book. It gets so much worse, Mick, you have no idea.
0: I, is he going to use the old, like, uh, there's four skull shapes. Like, is he going to start using those terms? Uh,
1: not quite to that extent, but I'll get there. Oh my so God. the main plot of this book, our main character, whose name I've already forgotten, um, Michael Taylor. Uh, it turns out he's the only one that can solve the problem. Because, yeah, because he solved a problem a while ago and then now he has to solve another problem. Ah, The problem problem is that there is a big giant black hole that's floating above the earth and it's sending out shock waves that are causing earthquakes and death. And so they've sent a couple of ships into the black hole, but they haven't come out. So they're sending this guy. He's their last
0: hope. I don't think that's how black holes work.
1: So they get into the black hole and then they're like in there for a couple days and then they see a window where they can get back out into normal space and so they take the window and they're 8 million years into the future.
0: Uh excuse me, I believe you mean a billion years?
1: No, there's multiple windows. Oh. Don't you worry. So the first window takes them 8 million years into the future. The big change in humans uh 8, 8 million years in the future is that people are glued Stop reading my notes. You're going to spoil sorry. things. They're glued to their comms in search of likes from friends and intellectual development is very low. So that's his big, that's what's happening Fucking now. Fucking low. Uh-huh. He read
0: H.G. Wells' The Time Machine and was like, yeah, but what if Twitter...
1: He specifically credits hg wells in his how can like, i not this underestimate where,
0: this book enough
1: yeah this is where i got a lot
0: of my I keep being like surely the ground is enough and the author is like looking at me from a, a grave like <laughs> yeah. lower
1: um we also make fun of people who were concerned about climate change so much for the global warming nuts said victor it was cooling they needed to fear we'll have to get back just to tell them
0: uh i'm uh <laughs> all right Those fucking eggheads wouldn't know a titty if it fell like a bag of sand right into their hand.
1: So, humanity is divided into the ascended and the lowers. And here's how it's described. As technology advanced, fewer and fewer people needed to work. A huge consumer class was created. At the same time, technology became more and more complicated to repair a situation arose where a tiny percentage of the population was engaged in maintaining and perfecting the technology while the vast majority of the population simply consumed it. We call this vast majority
0: the lowers.
1: Um, we managed
0: to bring fascism into our techno socialism. It's great.
1: Basically. Yeah.
0: Um, why didn't they invent a robot to fix the other robots?
1: I don't know. Um, so they, the most of the humans the lowers have simple minds. Their only purpose is to seek pleasure Uh, They're called homo inferior.
0: Uh, Fucking gross. And then the
1: ascended are the ones that, like, take care of everything for the lowers. And they're Uh, called no homo. Sex is always referenced using the phrase, he pounded into her. Like, every single time. It's he pounded into her or he thrusted into her. Pound into me. Uh, We get more reference to boobs and the, the references start to get weirder. Jennifer, one of our main characters, her boobs are referred to as ripe melons. We use that phrase a ton. Uh, and then Suki's breasts are referred to as bulbous Southeast Asian breasts.
0: <laughs> what? Is that like. <laughs> it sounds like it's a menu. Like, ooh, gross. This, these, these South Asian breasts sound like pretty delicious. They're a little spicy for me.
1: We also have some great. Uh, not great. We also have some really terrible euphemisms for pelvic areas, including her furry bushy and her hairy triangle
0: no. of womanhood. Oh, God. I was going to stop you after the first one, but they're both terrible. Furry bushy.
1: And her furry muff.
0: Yeah. Gross. Gross. But I'm sorry. Bushy is the noun in this? Yeah. It's not like furry bushy. No. Her furry bushy. Entrance.
1: No. Her furry bushy. Uh, her furry muff was impaled by his hard tool. So the Ascended wind up capturing what, what, them. What
0: would have this book been like if I got you the censored version?
1: I don't know because so much of this is so explicitly sexual. I have no idea what the uncensored or the well, censored I version I, I know what I'm getting you next week. Please don't. <laughs> please don't do this to me. So while they're eight million years into the future, they get captured by the Ascended who do sex experiments on them.
0: Sex experiments.
1: Sex experiments on them. Lots of weird sex experiments, including like making them have sex with each other and like pair up in weird ways. We get a lot of gross descriptions like Taylor's male sex organ, which was rapidly hardening under her exotic Asian feminine touch.
0: Oh god.
1: It's terrible. Suki groaned sensually as Taylor's penis continu- continued to massage her tight southeast asian tunnel. No. It's so racist. What? It's so racist. Taylor felt enormous gobs of semen whip out the head of his organ.
0: What I love that his penis is not it, I let me guess. Uh, our main character is white.
1: Yes. <laughs> not not that yes. this is the worst his part of it. His penis isn't racialized. But everything about her is...
0: That's obviously not the worst part of it, but I love that the idea...
1: They also have to... He
0: had a penis that would look small on a black man and big on an Asian
1: Oh, don't worry. We get there, too. So, um, there's also a thing where, like, there are, like, pain receptors that are hooked up to each of them. So, if one of them eats, another one of them feels pain. Or if one of them goes to the bathroom, it causes pain on the other because... Apparently, the Ascended want to study the idea of constraint, constraint and restraint. Like, if you can restrain eating or going to the bathroom because you know it's going to cause pain for another person. But then, like, he has really sexualized descriptions of going to the bathroom, which were really uncomfortable. A golden stream of liquid came out of her vaginal lips, which that's not, okay. Just below <laughs> her trim triangle of black Asian curls.
0: Oh. And then she pooped at, or she peed a baby out of her butt.
1: They bo- And this her is a Asian different couple. Butt. They both felt a burning need. Babangita in his large black penis and Jennifer in her clitoris and vagina. The need to have sex. <laughs>
0: I missed that part of Top Gun. I didn't yeah. see.
1: Yeah, they had sexual intercourse. Sex was something couples did when they were attracted to each other, or bored, or in need of comforting, or in need to patch up a dispute they just had. Taylor and Pam had sex for the latter most re- reason.
0: Is this being written by one of those aliens from the future that is beyond emotion? I
1: think so. Um. Okay. Let's see. Got to go back to my notes here. Um. So that was 8 million years into the future. Then they go back into the black hole, they keep going, and then they get out again at the next window, which is 22 million years into the future. How do they know? They just, like, see this, this gap in the black hole, and they're like, let's go. And then no, all I mean, of their machines and scanners tell them how far into the future they are based on the sun. Oh. None of the science makes any sense, Mick. No, We're too busy so. talking about the Southeast Asian sp- breast. I
0: suppose a woman peed out of her vagina. Yeah. I shouldn't expect chronology. No, you really shouldn't. You okay. shouldn't
1: expect anything to be good out of this. It's very racist. Uh, 22 million years in the future, they crash no, land on be- future Earth again. Susan?
0: The author can't be racist. He enjoys having sex with people You're right. of different races. He
1: definitely has had sex with humans before. I am quite How sure that's true. How could he be true? racist
0: against Southeast Asian women if he's Ugh. sexually attracted to them? Uh, it the, just doesn't add up.
1: This time, the planet itself is sentient. Stop reading my notes.
0: I'm. I okay. have nowhere else to look. Um.
1: And the planet gives them whatever they want. And then they find out that none of it was real and they return to their ship. So that one's pretty short. It was
0: ghosts the whole time? There's
1: more sex in that one. Lots more sex in that one. Uh, at one point, a female astrophysicist needs a man to explain what a red dwarf is to her. because She doesn't understand it because women are simple.
0: Well, did she have big boobs?
1: Uh, She did. Then Every single woman on this spaceship wants to have sex with our protagonist, is in love with him or in lust with him or thinks he's the sexiest person ever and wants to bone him. Every single one. Um, What's
0: the author's name? Is it Michael Taylor?
1: No, it's Gary L.M. Martin, which is definitely a ripoff of George R.R. R. Martin.
0: Gary l- loves, I don't know.
1: Her furry friend was another one. Is that a penis one. or a vagina? A vagina. Um, More repetition. 500 million years into the future, humans have evolved into squid people uh, who lie to them, trick them, and do weird sex experiments on them, which seems pretty familiar because it's exactly what happened in the 8 million years into the future. Yeah,
0: why... Super repetitive. I. If you're a squid person... Are you like, blah, 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 blah. and then there's like subtitles on the bottom. It's like, what's it look like when they do it? Why is that the first place you go?
1: I don't know. There's also a weird sexual fixation on women who wear their hair in a the bun. There's a lot of time spent on uh, Michael Taylor fingering her bun. And he like he's talking about the hair. He's
0: not sticking a finger up her pooper. No. Do, this guy had a weird upbringing. He this had a guy nanny we need to talk has about.
1: Some weird stuff going on.
0: Her a tragic backstory of his own.
1: Her precious love hole. <laughs> oh, God. Her slit was his home away from home. Oh. Uh then there's they're a billion years into the future. Sixteen of their so at this point most of their crew has, has died
0: through sex. Yeah.
1: Mostly through weird sex experiments. Because at every point in the future, humanity is just obsessed with doing sex experiments.
0: Sex like, experiments.
1: Apparently. Uh then one of the future human aliens takes the form of Michael's ex girlfriend, Pam. From the cover. Because she wants to learn more about humans. Um and she winds up rescuing them, sending them back home, and she comes too. So now they have Yes yeah, she does. Now they have this uh this human from eight a billion years into the future. What is she with originally
0: them? before she takes the shape of Pam?
1: Uh, just like air.
0: Ah, she's moved beyond the need she's for physical body. Yeah. Um, so she devolved into Pam.
1: Yeah. So then he is trying to explain the world in the twenty third century to her, and she's I think supposed to be like kind of the author surrogate for like, well, this is so stupid. So he is describing the world government. The world government plans to... Uh... Do
0: experiments.
1: <laughs> no, not this time, actually. Um, so the world government plans to use this weapon on Africa to destroy their infrastructure before the world government invades.
0: What's the, this weapon?
1: I can't remember. Taylor oh. chuckled, as if Africa has any infrastructure.
0: Jesus.
1: It does not? It is the least developed continent. Well, actually, second least if you count Antarctica. Although, actually, McMurdo City has been catching up, so maybe that's no longer true. Taylor, why does this man have such hostility to the other people on your planet? Racism, Taylor said. He's black and we're white. He looked at his own skin color. Well, this isn't technically white, but it's what we're called. Wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Are
1: you referring to the color of his skin? Yes. Of what possible bearing could that have on anything? Many hundreds of years ago, some black people were enslaved and forced to serve white people. Some black people are still angry about that. I did not realize that your species had such long lifespans. They don't. No one who's alive today was ever a slave. There hasn't been a slave in over 500 years. Then why are they still speaking of it now? Politics, mostly. The African Union leads a disparate group of black nations. They agree on very few things, and many of them resent being run by one centralized government. I thought your world government was your centralized government. It is, and underneath them, in Africa's case, is the African Union. Blah, 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 blah uh to hold all the factions together their leader continually invokes the injustice of slavery from 500 years ago it's that hatred that serves like a common glue to keep them all together
0: so let me be clear let me get obviously racist bullshit that we don't have to engage with it's completely awful gross racist bullshit yeah um the guy who was saying as if africa has any infrastructure then turned around and was like this guy's being racist against me yes fantastic
1: that is correct Uh, then we, um, complain about socialism. When people see other people with bigger homes, better air cars, better technology, they feel envious. They want to steal what the other people have, but that's not considered virtuous. So instead they dress it up in terms of inequality. They say people have more because they earned it unfairly. Therefore it has to be redistributed, taken by force of law and given to others who have done nothing to earn it.
0: I'm on board so far.
1: Um, then we talk about, then we complain more about the climate, people who believe in climate change. The followers of Aura were anti-technology. They believed that technology and industry were destroying the planet. They subscribed to the unproven theory that factories emitted (laughs) gases causing temperature change. The daily fluctuation of temperatures from morning to the evening, which they considered to be unnatural. They claimed without evidence that in past centuries, the temperature was constant throughout the day. And further claimed without evidence that industrialization was causing the temperature to fluctuate throughout the day. They wanted to de-industrialize the planet. They do some really racist shit against uh, people of the Muslim faith that I'm not going to read.
0: Um... It's weird how people just keep disliking me personally. I don't know what I'm doing yeah. about it. They all deserve to die. It's just so gross.
1: So then fake Pam winds up starting a religion where everyone just has sex orgies with each other all the time. Work for the Romans. Then she winds up having to go back to the future. So she leaves and Let everything gets back to normal. Uh, Taylor pumps into Pam's tight snatch. So we get that. But she's gone. Those are fun words. That was before she left. He was taking her as men were made to do. He sucked on her titties until they were long and hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I wasn't so goddamn curious about this tally that you've got going that I've seen a million times and don't know what it's about, I would have ended the episode right there.
1: Please, the tally
0: Susan, tell me what these tallies are.
1: Is how many times we reference breasts. And the number is 196. <laughs> 196 times. But now, Mick, before we wrap up, I have to tell you about the about the author section and his little blurb about how he wrote this book. I originally got the idea to write this book when I heard that the third season of Star Trek Discovery was going to take place a thousand years in the future. Nerd. At first I thought, that's really brave to take a stab at showing what a thousand years in the future will look like. Does he know what But Star my Trek second is? reaction was, wait a minute. This is politically correct, zero imagination Star Trek. All they'll do is show a new set of aliens with bumps on their heads with the same exact inclinations and behaviors as the current set of anthropomorphic bumpy-headed aliens. And then he uses some really bad language that I'm not going to repeat. No one else has even done as much as R Word HG Wells to write about the distant future. That's because most people who call themselves science fiction writers are not science fiction writers at all. There's They're all R Words. They're only capable of writing books of the near past and near future where people act and usually talk almost exactly the same as they do today. They're only capable of writing such books because they've read other bad writers. They write the exact same books and only know how to make even worse versions of their own, like a bad copy of a bad copy of a bad copy. They can't write a book about something which someone else hasn't written about 50 or 100 times before. It would have to be original, and most sci-fi writers slash R-words can't do that. Therefore, I decided to step in where R-words fear to tread. Wow. Yeah, this guy has a... Fucking chip on his shoulder. Let's I grinded out this massive two hundred thousand word book in a little over two weeks, plus a few days for outlining and revision. Yeah, I can tell, shows. Gary.
0: Um, what's the average description of breasts? Would we say five words or so?
1: Um. Yeah, probably. F- yeah, five or. One
0: hundred ninety-five times five. Right. Mm. Nine hundred seventy-five divided by two hundred two thousand. Uh, almost a full percent of this book is dedicated- It's just boobs. To tits, yeah. It's just boobs. Not to mention furry snatches.
1: Um, yeah, it is- Oh, God, there's pictures.
0: Yeah, of the future. Oh, his
1: other- His other books. Okay, uh, Sleeping with Hitler's Wife is one of them. (sighs) Parasites Love Earth and Braver, Newer Worlds-
0: all of which have boobs on the cover. Uh, I would like to remind everybody that the world is uh, an awful place because this has four, three 3.8 stars out of 5 on Amazon. Although I will say the top review from the United States is one star. This book is horrible.
1: Yeah, I actually, I I was searching for reviews of this book and I found a guy's blog post where he just dunked on this book and this author and it was it, it was great. It was very funny. Um, and then he had an update that uh the author found the blog post and was mad like sounding off about it on his social media so kind of a little worried he's gonna find this Fuck him! he's
0: a racist piece of garbage and i he's hate you dude. a racist
1: piece of garbage i also hate you you're kind of the worst and your book was not good also i'm deleting it from my kindle and i'm sad i gave you my money um it was very terrible uh he spends a lot of time talking about sex for someone who doesn't really seem to know how sex works or how to make it pleasurable um for other people uh he's super racist um i should have kept a separate tally of how how often like body parts were racialized because southeast asian breasts happened a lot uh was also used interchangeably with japanese breasts for mm. the same character not not the same Get thing this racism is,
0: is pretty stupid
1: yeah racism's pretty stupid it was really gross
0: one person says can you nominate a book for the worst sentence ever how about a single sentence and then inevitably the inevitable (laughs) happened oh it's so there's nothing er nothing erotic in this book not even titillating
1: (laughs) this is the this reviewer summed it up really well the sex scenes are mechanical repetitive inane juvenile boring insulting to women and men a debasement the absolute worst was the note from the author. I could not make it through that. Yes. Yes, Kindle customer. I agree with you. Yeah, it's terrible. It was real, real bad. I do not recommend this book. It, I cannot imagine what the tame version looked like since so much of this was gross sex scenes. Um, yeah, it was terrible. I hated it a
0: lot. Sorry. Yeah. I am. I am going through here, and I am seeing far more one-star reviews than uh, five-star reviews. And I have to believe that uh, these ones uh, that are five stars are bought. Uh, I cannot like even just looking at them. They're all one stars. Yeah.
1: This guy definitely seems like the kind of person who would purchase five-star reviews. Oh, God, a four-star review. Not great, but not bad. Worth a read, I guess, if you are young, male, single, and bored. There's way
0: better porn on the internet. Just get to it.
1: Yeah. So, this was really unpleasant. But, I mean, like... Uh, It gave me a lot to talk about on the podcast, so that's nice.
0: This is a good old-fashioned time travel story with a lot of moments that surprise you. A a rather graphical amount of sex that at first seems shocking until you realize this is what happens inside your head every single day. It's not, though. You need to investigate that uh, thought there, bud, if that's the review you're leaving on this book. but Boring sex. Is that possible?
1: Mick, I I would like... I squeezed her melons. Yeah, I hate it. I would like to take things in a slightly different direction for the next episode. So if you want to go ahead and pull up Gchat, I just sent you your next book. Oh, good. It is a departure from Gary's journey to the year one billion.
0: Gary's journey to the year 1957.
1: I hope it's very good. I'm very excited about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do not know it's a book 20 in a series Oh, good but i do not know that we can get much further away from where we were before <laughs> i can never say the word <laughs> of that dog Doxened through the snow Doxened through the snow uh-huh the wiener dog i guess the wiener is the only part of this venn diagram that's gonna make sense
1: <laughs> national best-selling author of deck the hounds
0: deck the hounds is better than Doxen through the snow but i guess you start to it's run out after 20. 20 yeah that's true um, let's see if I don't have something waiting in uh Bibloville next up for you here. Uh, I've made a specific list on Amazon for you. Oh, there it is.
1: Oh no, no. Uh,
0: Annihilation, a near future thriller, oh, Forsaken no. Mercenary Book Five. We just no need to go ahead and get space. Kindle Unlimited. I think no once the strikes space. over, the battle for Mars comes to a bloody end. Daniel Hunt has been at many things in his life, but a commander in a full-out military conflict has never been one of them. The Void is a deadly opponent, and if humanity is going to have a chance, every faction must come together. Galactic Praetorians, corporate mercenaries, and the woman known as Madame Eternal will all have to play their cards in order to survive.
1: Hey, it's less than 300 pages, so I suppose I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. We'll see if we can't find it on the, the library version so as not to go through Amazon. Try not to do that for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, eliminate racist garbage.
1: Eliminate racist garbage and never buy anything from Gary L.M. Martin. That's my personal recommendation.
0: I don't think that was uh, high up on the list. I'm sorry that through some, uh, you know, traipsing through the snow, he accidentally paid for some royalties. I
1: feel like I need to donate money to something to cancel out the $3 that I gave to Gary L.M. Martin.
0: All right. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Diggy Ma, D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A.
1: I'm at Susan J. And the intro music to our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant.
0: Good night. Good
1: night.